Hello everyone and welcome back to the World Explorer podcast. This is the podcast where we take a random prompt and build an entire world out of it. My name is Casey and as always I'm joined with Isaac. Hello there! So today we are continuing uh, from our last episode where we world built essentially a prophesied destroyer of the world and so now we're world building what it's like to live in said world uh what is it like to uh be evading this gigantic monster uh which if you have in case you haven't seen that episode it's essentially a giant dog like uh creature made of lava and uh it has a hard shell around it and fire and it is indestructible essentially you, you can't much. there's no destroying this thing yeah and it goes around and it starts off by doing just a fun mass destruction without any consideration uh and then it slows down until it eventually realizes humanity is rebuilding itself in a more positive light at which point it goes back into the center of the earth until humanity screws the world over again and then it comes back out and repeats the process yeah, it's one of those destroyers. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we wanted to figure out what is it like to live in the world uh, that's being destroyed, or maybe post-destruction. Uh, so I suppose the first place to start would be the, um, what it's like living in the world as it's being destroyed. Like, as soon as this thing crawls out from the center of the earth it is causing earthquakes tsunamis hurricanes like it's causing all kinds of stuff to just act up all at acidic once acidic rain didn't wasn't acidic air like something we realized it might cause yeah i think that was mostly because it would uh, evaporate part of the ocean it's not a fun time yeah that's after it's uh, caused a bunch of storms and stuff though although i don't think it would take long for it to like just do them in quick succession to each other so it's gonna get into the ocean probably lower it by uh, lower the sea levels by several feet uh and then that's gonna cause mass humidity acidity mass acidity levels in the air uh yeah it's not fun so what is it like for the people experiencing this i imagine people closer to uh coastline they they'd be getting hit the hardest they're uh, already dead we can kind of just yeah, they're dead they're, they're not just getting hit the hardest <laughs> they're dead there's they're, no, dead. they're, they're not gone. surviving this like this is the the classic like uh we jump zoom in into like the middle of america and that's one of the few places there's still people living yeah now I'm wondering, there's going to be mass humidity and everything, but because all of this water is evaporating, the clouds become extremely heavy, would there also mm -hmm. be such massive downpours of rain that flooding would also be going on? Especially because it would rain in places that normally wouldn't get rain, and therefore wouldn't be equipped to absorb that amount of water, so yeah. Yeah, so now we, we've also got massive flooding. Okay, so I don't think there's really much to world build in terms of during 
the initial mass destruction other than everyone running for their lives probably towards higher ground uh towards, well then again i don't know so if you're we're dealing with a lot of earthquakes uh there's just a few lucky people happen to hit a sweet spot that doesn't get totally destroyed and that's that's just it. It's all about luck, really, for who lives and who dies. I mean, there's well, obviously there's going to be places that you have a higher chance of survival, but... I think the places that you would have a higher chance of survival where after the destruction that people would go to hang out is the area that's already destroyed. Because if you go to a mm -hmm. forest that's completely burnt down, uh, Magnum, which is the name of the monster that's destroying everything... Magnum would not return to that same place. He'd go out... His, he wouldn't return there at least until after he's destroyed everything else. And then at that point when he comes back, that's when you can plead with him. Yeah, or you just run. I think that's what's more likely is when he returns, people see him off in the distance and they just turn tail and run. They say, okay, yeah, he, he's, he's on his... Red mountains. Yeah, they say he's on his way over here it's time for us to pack up uh, pack up camp and move. He's the size of a mountain. Yeah. Can you really outrun that? Well, you can hide. I think the idea is to hide. Like, get away before he sees you. Because yeah. you're so small and he's so big that you can see him from miles and miles and miles away. And as soon as he's within your line of sight... You say, okay, time to head the opposite direction and hope he doesn't uh, follow us. Hope he doesn't go in our direction. Yeah. And he, you're not going to be able to outrun him like if he did see you. But you can try and stay far enough away from him that he will not go in your direct direction. He won't go directly for you. Yeah, uh, again, other than the initial, destru initial destruction is just get to high ground... Uh, get away from the coastline um, and that it, it, that's about it that's all you can do the, it, you're just going to experience all the destruction uh, so I guess the only the next part to world build is like post destruction what, what it's like for people evading magnum actually I kind of want to talk about like the plants and animals in this world because I think they have to have some special qualities just because of the nature like this is a world that gets reset every 1,000 2,000 years or so uh which is an awful lot long a lot more reset than you know a planet normally experiences so because of that I think the plants would have of fire resistance to them or be an awful lot like redwoods and stuff like that where when fire hits that's when new growth comes and it comes quickly Probably. so within a year it's already regrowing itself to the point where like there's food for people to find and harvest probably yeah but there's also going to be um, areas that magnum just doesn't touch or barely touches like there's going to be some mm -hmm. forests that I'm sure are still left standing because no one's in the forest. Like... Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that the entire world's on fire and whether or not he doesn't touch a forest, it doesn't... Hit, the effect he causes on the entire world will still affect a forest. Yeah, but it, it, there's still going to be, like, plants and stuff that could potentially grow there. 
but he is going to destroy, I would say, most forests because of all the fire that he's breathing everywhere. If he just gets, like, just a couple trees that are in the forest, suddenly the entire forest is down. He's also the size of a mountain. Yeah. Uh, most forests aren't the size of mountains. No. <laughs> he just steps on it and the forest is gone. Well, I don't think that his... Uh, but, uh, that he's going to be able to step on the forest and just destroy the entire forest. I think that most forests would be bigger than his foot. Yeah, but that's still a big chunk. And then he set the rest of it on fire. And Yeah, that's true. His foot, his foot's on fire, so if he steps on it, that he would set it on fire. He also has four of them. Yeah. Yeah, he's not... Uh, it's not like he's gonna really spare anything. It just his mere presence is going to cause mass destruction. So these people evading Magnum, uh, what is, what are what is life like for them? Like they're trying to run. Do they have vehicles at all? Do maybe they're using bikes? Uh, because you're not going to ha really have any gasoline. Uh, they might find some gas-powered vehicles, but it's only going to get them so far, and it's only going to work for so long. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends how far, like, the two how far humans can develop within the timeline in which Magmum is asleep. So, I guess we were kind of saying, like, 2,000 years. Well, in 2,000 years, I mean, a human a society can do a lot, especially if they have, like, hints or guesses of the remains of world previous magman destroyed worlds before it but at the same time they get reset technology every 2000 years so they're not going to progress nearly as fast as like our society does because we've been around for quite a while and can keep going oh i was thinking about it just being uh just our world but set on fire essentially just our world with our time like, if, if you want to bring in, introduce other times and stuff, and make that a big, uh, integral part of it, uh, you could absolutely do that. And technology would shift quite a bit. So you're just saying, right now we're world-building a world in which Magmum just appeared one day? That's what I was thinking. Uh, we can, we could do either one, though. I'm not against either. Okay. Uh, I was just under the impression that we were doing it more like Magnum appeared in our world. What happens? I, I thought we were, like, establishing that Magnum came back every 2,000 years and was destroying this world constantly. Uh, we did. Yeah, okay. But, uh, right. to go and try and world build different technology levels and then see what it's like for each individual one, that's a whole, like, each individual return, that's a whole lot of, uh work and a whole lot of world building and and it could go in any direction uh and it, i'm just thinking it's sort of yeah like again you can do that if that's a story you want to tell but uh it's harder to world build as many elements uh as compared to just taking the elements from our world and saying, oh, yeah, people have bikes in this world. Instead of trying to debate okay, whether or not they have bicycles or cars or if they're mostly electric powered, or if they've developed uh, better uh, fuel sources and all this different stuff. 
So you want to skip the world building part about this and just go straight to post destruction in our time? Uh, pretty much. I mean, we're still we're not skipping the world building. We're world building like the post. We're shortcutting a bunch of the world building and saying that it's after our time. Yes, pretty much. Okay. Sounds good. So there'd be vehicles. There'd be but I don't think bikes would work very well. No offense to the creators of bikes. But I mean. Maybe a mountain bike, but well, like, like, what are you gonna use? That, they work better than cars. Let's say they built a car. How are they gonna fuel it? How? Where? What's power? What's the power source? Well, we have electric cars, but even even then, then like, you where are you, you like the sun's blocked out. You can't get power from the sun. So that's very so true. You can't even use solar panels, which aren't even that efficient. Uh, you. You could maybe use windmills. I imagine there'd be a lot of wind. Um, so that is one area that you could get fuel. Uh, like, you could probably get fuel from, like, burning wood and stuff. But even then, keep in mind, a lot of the forests are destroyed. But if you've managed to find one, maybe you could somehow get fuel from the heat of a fire. But even then, that's not going to be very efficient. And it's going to be difficult to power a car by burning a tree. Well, you still got horses. You know, horses never go away. Yeah, I mean, people could start uh, using horses. Uh, horse and buggy. Well, again, I'm not sure how uh, great the environment is for a buggy, but a horse can traverse pretty much anything. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the environment... Yeah, it would... I don't know, because it'd mostly be ash and rock. That that's it. Yeah, uh, I mean, but he's pouring lava, so it's very uneven land, and yeah, because it, but it's gonna have some really nice soil afterwards. I'm just gonna say, like, it's a good like farming after magnum is prime. Well, it'd have to be a while after magnum. Keep in mind, the sun is blocked out by the smoke and the clouds and stuff. Well, eventually, you know, after the ice age, that is inevitably gonna occur following this event. Well, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about that either. I'm not sure about the an ice age because while the sun may be blocked out, uh, you've got all of this heat coming from the magma that is just spewing out of the earth. Because dormant, formerly dormant volcanoes are now erupting. New volcanoes are forming. Yeah, but eventually, yeah, but eventually that heat dissipates. But the blockage of the sun takes longer to dissipate than the magma does. So that causes it to get really cold, and then you have an, a normally events like this uh, on the grand scheme of history timelines. Uh, an event like this is usually followed by an ice age. So I'm just assuming, off of my very basic knowledge of historical timelines, that that would happen again. That there'd be some form of ice age afterwards, uh, and then eventually it would all stabilize because the Earth is pretty good about stabilizing itself over time. Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. It would just uh, become an ice age after a while, and then you get really good farmland. But how long would the ice age last? How long does it take for the ash and the smoke to uh, to clear? I don't know. I just know that for the sake of humans, they need food. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Just how long it t like? I'm just gonna look up uh, the dinosaur asteroid. And how long it took for, like, the... Because at that point, like, there, there was talk about... I'm pretty sure at that point there was uh, 
volcanoes erupting and stuff. I'm going to see how long it takes for all that to clear. Okay, you know what? I'm going to try something real quick. I'm going to ask uh, chat GPT what happens if all the volcanoes just erupt at once. Uh, it, it doesn't know. <laughs> it says that it says Great. that uh, it could potentially uh, have a significant impact on the atmosphere and the global climate for it patterns for several years. But several could be three. That could also be ten. Uh, uh, um, in other words, we need to find out, figure out a way in which people and animals survive this. So again, there's the there's the areas years. that still have vegetation, there such as um, mm -hmm. like some uh, forests. Uh, there's ways of keeping warm um there's burrowing there's uh yeah okay how about this if, if there are volcanoes that are erupting um what are the chances that some of these volcanoes are constantly erupting like they're just spewing out lava constantly what do you mean? Like yeah they, they just, just never, never stop. stop so i'm thinking that would be I mean, there are different types of lava. There, there, we have volcanoes that yeah. are just like that already. They're just so, in our oceans. That's how we have the Hawaiian Yeah, islands. so I'm thinking if there's volcanoes that are spewing out enough lava, they could he potentially heat an area, and that might be an area that a lot of animals tend to be drawn towards because it's, the, the, uh, it's one of the few areas that's not too cold. I think, like, it's most of the things with the worlds like this is we just assume somehow they survive. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> uh, but it's always nice to give a reason and a method. So yeah. I'd say that they're surviving from keeping warm by, uh, well, well, animals often have, like, you know, their fur coats and they can burrow and they ca have the volcanoes. They have natural selection will bring back some of the animals with warmer fur coats and stuff that were around yeah. during the original ice age there's a lot of creatures that survive the winter by hibernating uh that's not an option here no but 10 years is a yeah. long to hibernate so i'd say like the, these are the main ways that they're surviving uh they're not thriving by any means but they're surviving maybe there's a few areas where the climate's just naturally better and they can actually thrive a little bit. At the end of the day, only two need to live. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking maybe there's these areas where the climate's just perfect. The air currents are maybe even letting some some more sunlight through. Uh, it's warmer there. Uh, air's more breathable. Everything. Uh, so it would by chance be like the ozone hole somehow. Suddenly, this like Antarctic section it becomes one of the warmer sections because some like it's. I mean, it's not great for your health, <laughs> skin wise, but at least it'll be warmer. Yep. I mean, I'm just thinking that this could be an area where the humans all find they go and they start to say, "Hey, we should uh, set up a permanent home here, and everything looks all beautiful and it's wonderful." this is where we're going to have our happy ending and then they see Magnum off in the distance and he's approaching dun, swiftly dun, dun. and they're like oh dear we have to uh, they got 
the leader of the camp saying, all right, everybody, time to abandon this place. Magnum's going to destroy it. And then you have the protagonist going, no, we must stay and fight because our lives are finally better. And then you get uh, the different tribes and whatever that we were talking about last week all coming together to fight off Magnum. And they work together and then he lets them live and they've got their little peaceful uh, civilization and the world begins rebuilding. Sounds about right. And then the world slowly normalizes itself as it does. And eventually the better climate areas begin to spread, and people can spread, and the animals can spread, and then the earth becomes habitable again. And the cycle just continues. It's a never-ending cycle. Yeah, so that's like the, uh, the good, like, paradise location. What about the people who have not found this paradise? What about the people who are still just running away from Magnum? Do they set up semi-permanent locations because Magnum isn't going to be constantly everywhere all at once. The world is pretty big. There's going to be mm -hmm. a bunch of people who uh, are like on the other side of the world who managed to survive um, Magnum that are trying to rebuild. And Magnum might eventually show up over there and start re-destroying everything. But, for a, but they've got uh, maybe a full month before he does, at least. So why not start trying to rebuild a semi-permanent home? I mean, do you think, like, a nomadic society would become popular yes. again? Just, yeah, just tribes of people with their animals uh, that they've managed to not die, uh, and them traveling to little bits of green to little bit of green, trying to make sure they can feed their herd so the herd can feed them. Yeah, that would absolutely be a thing, and I imagine they'd send out scouts so that they all know where they're going. They aren't just walking blindly where all of their herd is just going to die because they haven't had food in a while. They're going to say, okay, you run out uh, 20 miles in this direction, then come back and let us know if, they're, if we should head that way. I see a lot of like animal skin tents. Just because they don't have access to wood, they would be using those instead. Yeah, absolutely. They'd just be, I guess, hunting for grass and water. Now, something else I thought about is like, you've got all these nomadic societies. They've all got their animals. They've got uh, their supplies and everything. Uh, what about raider societies? People who have formed uh, a band of um, a band of thieves and they're just going around to these different nomad societies uh, probably armed because there's going to be some level like weapons remaining. They could also make their own weapons. They probably got maybe they've got some guns and they are just going and stealing supplies from these nomads. Uh, they're going and maybe killing some of their animals. Any time a world like this happens, there's always going to be a group of people who are going to survive based off of brute strength and violence. And yeah, that's going to involve mass kill. I mean, I feel like these nomadic tribes will be at least somewhat tough, and they'll have their own weapons. I mean, they kill animals for to survive, so they'll have they'll have weapons to fight back. But at the same time, one group's going to be stronger than the other, and you know, Vikings were a thing. I'm not going to be surprised that they'd be a thing in this world. Yeah, of just take and burn. But nomadic societies, the thing about that's interesting about them is that they move around more. So. 
And if they have constant scouts, they could be not only avoiding magmas, but also avoiding these other these more violent tribes, which means these violent tribes are probably a lot more swifter moving. They cover land faster, just so they can find the few nomadic tribes wandering around to kill. Yeah, probably. Uh, that, that's absolutely something that would happen. Now, something else I'm thinking about is uh, which which uh, group would be stronger in terms of their fighting capability. And I think in most cases, it might be the Raiders, because here's the thing. The Raiders are probably a much smaller group. I wouldn't even be surprised if they kill their own members mm -hmm. every once in a while. Blood sacrifices to Magnus. Uh, uh, I don't think that he would accept the blood sacrifice. He would, <laughs> you try and sacrifice someone to Magnus, he's going to just take everyone's lives. Yeah, but you can't tell me that a group of people wouldn't form who th sees and knows of this creature that's purpose in life is just the mass destruction of the world. You don't think that a small society group of people who are f fed on violence wouldn't go around murdering other people for in the name of Magmus and as sacrifices for him because they're in their mind they're doing the same thing he's doing. They're fulfilling his purpose. They're doing his good work. Like, that's gonna happen. Yeah, I could absolutely see... Uh a group of people um, that suddenly start worshipping him. Maybe there's people who like they think he is a god uh, and he's sent he to cleanse is. the world of evil and and so they're is. there to help. Kind of is. Yeah, except their method of helping is and they're kind of the reason he's there. Yeah, he's there to just he's basically there to destroy everyone because everyone is destroying everyone. Exactly, so, you know, yeah, we all have to talk, the morals behind Magmus are questionable at best. Yeah, it's definitely... But they're also, it's very Thanos level. Yeah, it's basically Thanos. Morals. Like, he see, like, here's the thing, Magnum, he doesn't <laughs> want people to fight, he doesn't want people to die, but he is trying to save as many lives as possible by killing people he says that i could kill millions now and save billions down the line and make life better for billions for many years to come so he doesn't want people to die but he sees it as a necessity to make life better for others in the future because whether we like it or not humans tend to work better in smaller groups we just we get to know each other better, we just we just do better. It's why like family units are so important and are a part of nearly every society. It's because in smaller groups, we tend not to kill each other, but the bigger the groups are, the bigger the nation, the more diversity, the more, the more arguments, the more debates, the more fighting, the more wars. And then you get global sized, and then you give them powerful weapons of mass destruction or one person who manages to take advantage of a bunch of people and you have chaos. Yeah, and uh, Magnum's basically there to bring about the ultimate chaos to restore peace and order. Go back to those small little groups. I mean, in a way, like, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, his morals are questionable, but at the same time, you can absolutely see where he's coming from. And he's seen it work. Yeah, he's seen it work. Like, it, 
he's he knows that this method works this method is horrific but he and he understands that he doesn't like it but he sees it as a necessity the world needs to be reset every now and then just to keep it from getting bad again it really is kind of like uh the thanos snap where it, where after thanos uh murders a ton of people life does get better uh like it, like people people unify whether he like whether people like it. I always like to think that like Thanos knew what he was doing. Like he knew that they were gonna bring people back somehow, and that that was how. But in the process of trying to do that, and then trying to beat Thanos, the world was gonna get unified in a way it's never been before, or universes even, uh, or planets. I should say would get closer together in ways they never thought they would, and he was right. Yeah. I mean, really, if you look, like, he was right in the Marvel world and how they decided to write it, but how it would work in reality is his snap would just make things worse for everybody. I mean, it, what, like, one of the main reasons that something like, say, poverty exists and people aren't able to get the food they need isn't necessarily because of overpopulation, but it's because of poor supply chains. It's because of corrupt governments it's because of you know a bunch of other factors that are restricting people from getting the food that they need to survive uh and it, when he snaps his fingers he has just disrupted all of those supply chains and made life worse for everyone he has caused endless car crashes uh planes trains just crash no, yeah the, no one no one talks about that part <laughs> i mean they show it in the in the movie, after he snaps, there's a bunch of car crashes, and I'm just like, did he, did he think this through, at all? Like, how many planes just lost their pilot? Yeah, and and just went and down. How many of those planes were again carrying supplies, uh, that people needed to survive? Or were they people? He killed way more than half half of the population. Yeah, all, all like way more. Like. Like so many, so many car crashes. So people might have been running machinery that was like protecting other people, and then when they die, that means the other people also die. Like it's a whole thing. Like it's. How many children are now orphans? I don't want to think about that. The domino effect that this caused is just so horrendous, and it makes me sick to think about it. To be honest, I hated that part of the movie. I'm like, I don't think he realizes what he did. Yeah, at least. And he he vapped, vamped himself out of there so he wouldn't have to look at it, which I think was very cowardice of him. But, uh, yeah, that's something interesting, is that Magnum is very similar, but I'd say he's actually better. Like, he understands just how much destruction he's causing. And again, he's there to see it all. He is there to witness everything that he's doing. And he's dividing people, again, into these smaller groups that he knows will thrive. And he understands life is going to be hard for people now, but it's to make life better in the future. Thanos ju is just under the impression, I snap my fingers, life will instantly get better for everyone. And again, they wrote it into the movie as if that did happen. And they were like, oh, yeah, there's like less wars, there's uh, less crime rate, people are fed, like all, they're talking about all this positive stuff that has happened. But at the same time, you know that wouldn't actually it wouldn't actually work that way. Magnum, the way that Magnum is destroying the world, is a little bit more realistic, in the sense of the the domino effect, and he recognizes the domino effect. 
and he is i mean also there's an avoidance of magnum like thanos it's just so random like you one person lives the other person doesn't and you don't know who it's a flip of a coin but with magnum it's an area and if you can escape that area you can get out and that means that at least i mean there's still going to be orphans there's still going to be families separated but there's going to be less of that Families are going to be able to stay together better. French, friendship groups are just going to be able to find the, each other and build societies uh, based off of like their mutual enjoyment of each other before Magnum showed up. And that means that the societies that form are better ones. They're just stronger ones because they're ones with history, unlike a random one where most people, where you just, everyone's just divided and lost people. Yeah, I, I like the main difference between Magnum and Thanos is that Magnum is not as random as Thanos, like you were saying. He doesn't like when he destroys um, the world. He's more destructive than Thanos. He kills a lot more, but uh, he has a better setup for rebuilding. And, you know, we could even remove some of the randomness even more in that the sense that Magnum might just be targeting... S he might not be going for, like, the smaller towns and stuff. His focus might be the bigger cities and the more mass-populated areas and the coastal lines and stuff. The places that he knows are filled with the most corruption, he targets those. Which means if you live in a small town in the middle of nowhere than which most people get along, Magnum's not going to come hunting you to destroy you. I think eventually he'd show up. But he's less likely to. Yeah. I guess... It, I don't know how, like, all-knowing he is. Like, if he has a sense of the entire Earth and, like, what different sections' morals are. Well, we already established that he doesn't, for the most part. He can understand that the more populated, more industrial areas are more likely to have the most corruption. He can understand that much. But at the same time, he believes that, like, like the entire world is connected... Everybody can travel anywhere. They're all corrupt. Just destroy them all. Like he, I've, again, at first, he doesn't care if you are living in a city and you're likely, more likely uh, to be corrupt. He doesn't care if you're living out in the country and you're not bothering anybody. Like, doesn't matter. You are dead. He is going to kill you. And then it's only after the mass destruction does he slow down a little bit and he's looking for signs of people working together and learning to live together in peace i mean when magnum because think about it magnum is stopping around this world looking for people and when he sees raiders going around attacking these smaller uh nomad groups he's gonna think his work's not done but the thing is he's also gonna kill both the nomads and yeah. the raiders because he's gonna say among the he's gonna say among these nomads there's probably some more corrupt people among the uh, and he walks in and he says among these nomads look they're also fighting the raiders i don't care like who started the fight you're fighting nonetheless boom just br breathe fire kill them but i do think there's a uh, pathing wise i think walking from city to city might be a more accurate description of how he originally passed versus just roaming i mean he's the size of mountain he could see city to city to city pretty easily so i think he would do that more so than like scouring for small towns in the beginning yeah i think he's gonna go for the big cities but then uh he'll probably if he sees a small town along the way he'll go for it if 
He'll yeah. destroy it. If yeah. that's the closest thing within his eyesight, he'll go for it. But if he sees, like, in one direction a big city and in one direction a small town, he'll go to the big city first. And so that does... So people can actually, at that point, detect a pattern with where all he is going. And so initially people can try and escape and spread out because they understand he's going for the cities first. Which would then cause massive backups in traffic and uh, people would be struggling to get out. And I imagine a lot more violence would actually break out during people trying to escape. And if Magnum shows up and he sees this, he's going to be extra angry. Like, everything that he sees just upon his arrival is just going to affirm his belief that humanity is beyond saving. And he'll just destroy it all. I've just had, like, the funny thought of, you know how there's maps that exist that if, like, a nuclear war happened in America that points out the towns that are, like, the most likely to be okay? Yeah. We just have that for Magnum. Pretty much. And, I mean, it wouldn't be too long or too hard to calculate that sort of thing. Because you just have to look at a map and say, okay, if I were Magnum, where would I go? And then just go the opposite direction. But, again, I think... The going to the areas that were destroyed and trying to just survive amongst ruins might be your best bet. Yeah, probably, because that's his, uh, that's the place where he's less likely to go, and it's probably the place where you're going to find the least amount of people. Yeah, we think, like, people following him almost, thinking that it's because that's the way to survive is actually to follow, like, a bit behind him. Yeah. But I, that's definitely, I would say, probably the best long-term strategy but a lot of people are just not going to be willing to live out in a burnt down forest or a destroyed town or anything like that they're going to want to live in an area with clean running water they're going to live with like their where they can turn on the lights they've got um all the people around them they're gonna they're not going to want to leave they're not going to want to leave their comfort zone uh, until they absolutely have to, which is when Magnum shows up, but by that time it's too late. And eventually, and they only have so long before Magnum will find them and he will destroy them. This is such a happy place. You're gonna go vacation in the, the world with Magnum? Uh, this, this is, that would be horrible on every level. Again, <laughs> acidity in the air, humidity, fire, lava, floods... What if you had plot armor? You know, like, you couldn't die or get... I still don't think life would be great. Even if I had plot armor. <laughs> True, I don't think I want to see the aftermath of Magnum. Yeah, the aftermath of Magnum is like, you want some clean running water? Like, you're, you're too bad. You gotta go scoop it up in a bucket uh, from a dirty river filled with ash and then stick it through a cloth and charcoal filter to try and clear out all of the bad stuff in the ash and get yourself some nice clean water. That's your best bet. Maybe if there's a break in the clouds, you can build a solar still. I mean, I, I think the worst part with though would be all the death you'd see. Like, sure, most of them are charred, but... The, I don't know, I feel like you might get some Pompeii situations. And I don't care what people say, like, looking at images of Bombay is not fun. Like, that's a place I don't want to visit. Yeah, that is, a, I'd say, a pretty good um, representation of what a lot of 
Magnum's destruction would look like. It's, it's Pompeii. Because again, you've got all those volcanoes that are going off. You've got earthquakes, floods, like just, there's, there's just that mass, mass destruction. There is basically no escape. Again, only way to really survive is to survive in the burnt areas. Maybe there will be some supplies that manages to survive in cities. I guess it depends on like what type of destruction or... I mean, it's lava, it's fires, but I'm sure... But it's not like a nuke or something that just disintegrates everything. There's remains, and in those remains you can find things. I'm sure cockroaches will find a way to survive. They uh, always do. And I hear that you could eat those. Oh! If desperate. Huh. Not recommended. There is a chance they will kill you. But, oh. if desperate enough... Well, I think that, um... There might actually... While I'm thinking about it, and how Magnum would go about destroying a city, I think there is a chance that people would actually manage to survive his destruction. And those are the people who manage to have, uh, manage to uh, stay underground. But even then, like if he, if the ceiling starts caving in and everything, and the building starts collapsing, you're not gonna survive. But there might be those lucky few who were in their basement, and everything outside is lucky's a strong yeah. word. But I mean, it, it really is the best word i'd say like like there's just going to be those occasional people who maybe they're in a sub in part of a subway that wasn't caved in that has an exit that they can get out of um or, or maybe somebody maybe you had a is somebody who built a bunker for themselves and just hid in that where it's built sturdy where it's going to survive the heat uh, but even then, maybe there's some people who managed to survive the heat, but then guess what? Their exit is blocked off. Or maybe there was some lava that just fused the uh, doors shut and covered it in stone and they can't get out. Starvation, suffocation, dehydration. Yeah, lots and lots of problems. Like, even, yeah. All the ways to die. But there will be those occasional people that Magnum did not either trap or crush or burn. Yeah, just those small areas where he didn't, where he didn't uh, fully destroy them, just tiny little pockets where people survived. Unlike, say, a nuke that will literally destroy everything. Yeah, he's not a nuke. He's a moving volcano. Pretty much. And there is, there's a difference. You can, you might, very slimly, you might survive the moving volcano. Yeah. I mean, there are ways to survive a nuke if you go underground. Like, you're more likely to survive underground uh, from a nuke than you are Magnum. But the problem is, once you go outside, there's a good chance you're not surviving at the after effects of a nuke. Magnum's after effects, I think, would be a little easier to survive. I don't know. Acid rain does not sound fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how acidic it's going to be it would be though like i don't know either i'm not a scientist that's this is not my strong suit at all i have scientist friends i could ask them and be like theoretically if a volcano started moving hmm. um how bad would that be and then they just immediately tell you well everybody's dead what do you care 
It's like, but assuming that yeah. not everyone died, they found ways to survive. Okay, they found ways to survive. They're gonna be dead within a week. What do you care? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they would also give me really weird looks and then be like, "Oh no, actually, she's asked weirder questions," and then just shrug uh, and walk away. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what would happen. Again, it really just—it all goes back to Magnum's bad, Magnum or Magnum's deadly. Magnum, you cannot escape. Uh, the only way to survive is just run, hide go into the burnt areas, maybe farm a little bit, and hope he doesn't show up in your nomad camp. Uh, the thing that you'd be, and the thing you'd be most worried about at that point is probably raiders. It's just about, it's, it's a post-apocalyptic world. It's never good. It's never fun. This one just seems extra bad because now, like, Normally, I feel like the environment stabilizes quicker in, like, post-apocalyptic worlds. But in this one, you still have, like, an active volcano wandering the world. Um, and it just takes longer to normalize. So people, more generations are dealing with the environmental effects than in a normal story. Yeah, I mean, I would say it'd, it'd probably take at least a, a decade, or at least... To get some level of stabilization from again all these earthquakes hurricanes flooding volcanoes erupting uh ash in the sky i'm sure some scientist is like laughing at us and says dude it's gonna take so much longer Probably. than a decade <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if it took longer that's why i'm saying at least and again it is so long as magnum is up walking about he's going to cause it to take even it longer it can't stabilize I mean, I think it could stabilize at least to a point because the main reason that the environment is so destroyed is that initial destruction. It's a, 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 him destroying everything all at once. Like, because do you have any idea how destructive it's going to be if something the size of a mountain broke through the uh, from the center of the Earth and crawled out through the Earth's crust? We have enough destruction when like a little bit pops out, like when our plates rub against each other. So no, uh, so yeah, I can I, I have an idea that it would be bad if something bigger than that decided to come. Yeah, on you're out. talking about literally worldwide earthquakes, and they're just going to be happening constantly. But I think that's where we're going to end it. All right. Yeah, basically, so. uh, world with Magnum. Death, not destruction, fun. pain, unhappiness, sadness. I hope you guys enjoyed this really <laughs> depressing episode of World Explorers. Maybe next week will be a bit more positive. I mean, I've got an idea for next week that could potentially be positive, or it could be very tragic. Uh, hard to say. Depends on where we go with it. Actually, I, I think seeing what's next week, I think it's going to be a very, a very weird, a very weird one. I'm sure. Oh, that's right. The next week is the weird one. Oh, okay. So the week after that, no, the week after that, we really have no idea. So in three weeks, yeah. there's one that. We could try and make more positive, but I can't guarantee anything there either. One of these days in the coming year will make a more positive world. But it's also me, so probably not. Anyway, I know solo <laughs> the peoples of the world. Uh, we're gonna go play Minecraft. <laughs>